for joining Time Out with PSOA, where sports officials share their stories to help recruit, train, educate not only sports officials, but players, coaches, administrators, and fans. Through this information, we're going to help make us all better for the game. Thank you for taking time out with PSOA. Today's podcast is going to be talking about the football season preparation. I always say in our clinics, our seminars, and our meetings, as sports officials, we are very similar to coaches and players. As in, we're part of the game, we have a uniform, we, we have a playbook, that's our rule book. And what we're going to be talking about today is what an, a football official does in the months of July and August to prepare for the season for the games played in August through January. Some of the things that come to mind that we could relate to as an athlete and a coach, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. So hopefully after this podcast, if you have not had a direction of how to prepare for a football season, you now have a path of steps to do to get ready for that season. The other thing that we're going to hopefully accomplish in this podcast is proper preparation prevents poor performance. So though we are going to prepare, you have to prepare properly, um, purposeful, um, with an outline of focusing on priorities based on how much time you have to give when it comes to preparing uh, for the season. So coaches, fans, players, you have probably already started preseason conditioning. Um, Coaches are having coaches meeting, creating playbooks, creating schemes, trying to figure out what players to play where and and how to get matchups against certain opponents. Officials, we are creating playbooks. We are learning new rules. We are gluing together new crews um, and figuring out what are the strengths and weaknesses of a crew. So very, very familiar uh, correlation between officials preseason preparation, coaches, and players preseason preparation. So let's get it started. The first thing a football official should do, and if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you have completed this already, uh, but you have to complete registration. So Nebraska high school football officials, it's www dot nsaahome.org. Um, it's a $50 registration. And if you're a brand new football official, your first year is a f- brand new first year football official is $10. Do not wait, do not hesitate to s- register for high school football. What comes up um, in questions is there's a new football official And they're like, Sean, I'm interested in football, but it's my first year. Should I register or should I not register? And my answer every single time is absolutely register. Because if you do register, you're getting the information from the state. You're getting rules. You're getting clinic opportunities. You're getting weekly bulletins. You're going to get the YouTube videos that go out with plays that happen so though you, you may not work a game at the varsity level, it's a $10 investment for the education given. 
college officials, you have to register NAIA, NCAA, to work a varsity football game. And again, if you're on a supplemental staff or you want to tiptoe into college football, the question is, do I have to register to work JV football? Do I have to register for NCAA, NAIA to do scrimmages and practices? Answer is no. However, if you don't register, you don't get access to that education. Once again, there's so many things that will come up throughout a season, a rule interpretation, a casebook interpretation, a play. And even if you're working those JV games in practices, if you don't have that information, the updated information, and you allow them to do it incorrectly in practice, now they're going to do it on the weekend. Where when you register, you have access to that information. You could actually help aid in that player development, coach development of what the rules are to prevent a negative interaction on, on a weekend game. Because ultimately, as teams practice at the college level for JV games at the NAI level, uh, contact practices during the week, they are developing the players to not only play that next weekend, but for that program throughout their career there. We officials are doing the same thing. You might not get a full varsity schedule this year, but you're taking those snaps in the JV games and practices so you are better prepared and properly prepared for when you do get that opportunity uh, to work at that varsity NAIA, NCAA Division Three, Division Two, II, Division One JUCO level. So if you're interested in officiating college football, it is www.refquest.com. And it's R-E-F-Q-U-E-S-T.com. Um, you can register NAIA and NCAA. Um, if you're working both, make sure you do the NCAA registration first and then the NAIA as it's a price reduction um, when you do register for both. You just got to register for NCAA already. On the, on the web, website for RefQuest, I believe there's over 15 training videos for this year. You get access to the rule book. You get access to the casebook. Um, NCAA, you get access to the officials manual, all of which in our future podcasts, we, we will be going into more depth of rules, of mechanics, of play interpretations as well. Um, but if you don't want to wait week to week for this podcast, you could register refquest.com and get all the information immediately. So that is step number one, register for the level of football you're looking to work. You know, we talked about high school. We talked about college. Let's say you're not looking to work high school. You're not looking to work college. How do you register for youth football? And it's that local association. All right, so PSOA, we have our preseason meetings coming up here in in July. Um, Whether you're in California or Massachusetts or Florida, there is a local association to organize, to educate, to assign officials for youth football, just use that powerful G word, Google. All right, Google local association in your state, in the large city, and get connected. If you have a hard time doing it, reach out to PSOA. It's very, very hard, easy for me 
to find a state, to find a city, and hook you up where you need to be hooked up, um, not only with our connections with on-field officials throughout the nation, um, but then supervisors as well that I have connections with. So even if it's not college, even if it's not high school, do your due diligence to get access to the information, to register for whatever level, whatever group that you are going to officiate so you get the proper information that's going to prevent a poor performance as a football official this upcoming season. Step one is done. We're registered. Now the next step, education. You have access to the education. Now we got to take advantage of the education. So two weeks ago, we had the NCAA test, which is a 100-question multiple-choice test. I believe there was... 10 video questions on it. And, you know, it's one thing to get the test study guide and then to get the test answers. But then you have to take it a step farther. Don't just read the question, circle the answer, and put it into the computer. Ask the questions. All right. I thought it was this answer, but the answer was this. Why is it different than what I thought the answer was? Um, so I'm going to pull out uh, my 100-question test, and I'm just going to start with number one. Third and five at the B30. It's late in the half, and both teams have all their timeouts remaining. With team A at the line and ready to snap the ball, team B head coach requests a timeout. Timeout is granted. After the timeout, both teams are in formation and the ball is ready for play when team B head coach requests a timeout. Initial answer could have been re- request the timeout, allow it. Then all of a sudden you get the test answer and it says officials do not honor the request. Whoa, head scratcher. Now let's get to the rule book. Well, I'll be darn. This is a new rule this year in NCAA football. Coaches cannot call consecutive timeouts during the same dead ball interval. All right, so that's a little prelude to a future podcast of new NCAA rules, new federation rules. Um, That's going to be our podcast next week, Uh, so make sure you come back. But that's the proper way to take an online multiple-choice test. Take the test, close book, take the test with what you think the answer is. All right, now let's go back. If you have the answer key, compare the answer key to what you answered and figure out why you got it incorrect by rule. Another thing is if you have a crew, if you have a friend, sit down with them. Do 20 questions at a time. Do 50 questions at a time. Find a way to understand not only the question, why are they asking us the question, who made the test, what is the answer, and why is the answer? Because if you do that now in the preseason – When that play happens during the season, you've already had that conversation with a fellow sports official, with a fellow football official, fellow crewmate. You're now going to be able to have that conversation with the coach asking you the question. So these tests, the first part of the education is tests. They're written for a purpose, every single question. And it's there to properly give us the education or encourage us to go look up a rule to go further in a rule. So when they happen in a game, because every rule is in the rule book because it has happened before. 
so we have the information to communicate with coaches. NCAA 100 question, NFHS is a 50 question. Um, The first 50 questions is open book. And then to the next level of certified, they do have a closed book that has a time element to it. Uh, That's another 50 questions. Um, So as we get into um, NFHS rule specifics later on um, in the podcast, just remember NFHS high school football, you have your 50 preseason questions and then you have your 50 during the season questions. Preseason, unlimited time. During the season, 50 question, closed book test, it's a 60-minute time limit to answer those 50 questions. So 50 questions, 60 minutes, people get kind of scared about that time limit. Again, the more we study preseason, the easier it is to answer those 50 questions with a time limit. Proper preparation will prevent poor performance, and we have to do that preparation to avoid failing an exam. And if we fail the exam, we can't officiate a game. The next part of education that both NCAA through RefQuest, NSAA does through um, their website is preseason videos. So NCAA, uh, they release a video every single week. So this week was special teams, kick plays. Um, Previous videos was new rules, personal fouls, dead ball fouls. Federation, what they really focus on their yearly training video are the new rules, the points of emphasis, and then the small changes when it comes to editorial changes. So if you've been officiating for 30 years, and we know it all because we've been officiating for 30 years, there's a lot of changes. Not only five rule changes for high school, six rule changes for NCAA, but the points of emphasis change. The editorial changes can make a big difference in our communication with the coaches. And as I tell sports officials all the time, we don't want a coach knowing the rules, the mechanics, better than us. We have the direct education. Coaches get the education, but we are given it when we register. So take advantage of it. Take advantage of the training videos. Do not be that sports official that the coach watches it, but you don't watch it. Um, It it loses a lot of credibility. And the thing in football, it's not only individual credibility now, it's crew credibility, which is a segue into the next step of preseason preparation. Crew meetings. College, we've been given our crews probably in the past month. Our referee should have reached out to every single crew member. Every crew member should be reaching out to fellow crew members, whether you work directly with them or just in a preseason meeting. Learn who they are. So meet the new crew members. Where do they live? What's their family situation? What's their work situation? What do they like to do for a hobby? You know, because the more you understand your crewmates, the more you're going to understand each other in intense football games. All right, so crew meetings, meet your new crew members. Next one is set crew goals. You know, beginning of the season, a lot of teams have that goal of, I want to win the championship. 
whatever that championship is. It could be a conference championship. It could be a bowl game. It could be the national championship. You have to make your goals attainable. All right, so if you're a first-year crew, your goal should not be to work a state championship game because there's not too many assigners that are going to put a first-year crew on a state championship game. Make it attainable. All right, this first year, we're not going to have any penalty misenforcements. This first year, we're not going to have any timing errors. We might see timing errors. We might correct it, but we're not going to have any timing errors. Now, if you're in a veteran crew and you know you're on the path, you know you're on the route to be considered for a championship game, again, attainable goal. You don't get to choose if you're in the championship game or not as a crew. There's a lot of other factors that are completely out of the crew goal. But if you're a veteran crew and you want to work a state championship, a crew goal will be we're going to do everything within our, in our power to be eligible to be selected for that state championship. Everybody registers on time. Everybody gets 100% on the test. Everybody works every single game assigned. We have no volcano eruption plays that we have control over. All right? So these are the, the controllables. We're going to look great in uniform before the season starts all the way to the end of the season. So if you are in that pool of officials to work a championship game, have those goals match what your assigner is looking for so you are selected for that championship game. So don't make it, I want to work the national championship. What is it that your assigner looks for to be in, in that discussion come the end of the year? Um, while you're having crew meetings, crew roles. I have seen uh, referees take on every single step of the way leadership. They uh, manage everything. Those crews typically don't develop together. So referees or crew chiefs, on your crew, give everybody a role. Find out what their strengths are. Find out what their weaknesses are. Try to put them in charge of either one. So if you have a rule guy, put them in charge of your 5 to 10 question rules every single week. But now that rule guy is weak at a change of possession fouls or post-scrimmage kick fouls. Now also challenge them, hey, on that rule test every single week, you have to put one post-scrimmage kick foul question on that test. Video, you have somebody who's really good with technology, but they haven't been watching video. All right, you're going to put them in, in charge of, all right, how do I get video of this game? And then once I get video of the game, how do I break it down to really focus on stuff we need to work on? All right, so they know how to use the technology, and since they haven't been watching video, studying video in the past, now they could work on their weakness at, at the same time. So allow them to have that role of video, and they're going to reach out to you. Hey, what five plays should we be looking for? Five things we did right, five things we did incorrect, or a mix match. Give them guidance. But find out what they enjoy to do 
and find out how, what their weakness is so when they're enjoying doing it, they're actually getting better. Uh, another one that crews have is uh, file recording and file grading. All right, so you have somebody on the crew that's able to process information, hold on to information, and the next dead ball time interval, they could write down a foul, first quarter, 7 minutes, 37 seconds, offense a holding, number 78, offense, flag thrown by the referee. Write that down so when you go back to film, you have it. But now that person, not only do they record it, they're going to start the grading process. And yes, the crew will be all involved, but is that one person's role on that crew to initiate it, to organize it? All right, so file recording is another one. Um, this is a good one for a veteran official on the crew. The travel. All right, we're working at Stanton, Nebraska. It's an hour and a half drive. We need to meet at this location at this time so we all could get to the game, game site 60 minutes without any stress whatsoever. And so somebody who's organized, somebody who has been around the block and knows the proper way, where to park, who to contact, where the locker room is, because all those small things could be a five-minute, five-minute, five-minute delay. So without that proper knowledge and, and information, you are set to arrive at 60 minutes. Now you're arriving at 45 minutes. You have to be on the field for high school 30 minutes before kickoff. Now you're rushed. All right, so when it comes to crew travel, put somebody that has been to a lot of schools, that have relationships at schools, so you're not lost and confused where to park, where the locker room is. Because ha- being arrival in a timely manner, without speeding, without rushing, you have time to dress, stretch, have these pr- uh, pregame discussions, you're going to have a lot more success as a crew um, on the field. And then the last one, um, when it comes to crew roles, I call crew chemistry. Uh, these are activities that a crew does after a game, before a game, during the week. And the crew chemistry is always different. Um, maybe it was, it's, hey, who has kids? Grandkids. Hey, we're going to go to this jump park. Bring out your family. Hey, we're going to have a barbecue in August. Bring your wives. Bring your significant others. And we're just going to sit around a fire and, and talk. All right, this crew chemistry activities, it goes back to um, those who eat together, stay together sort of philosophy because football officiating is very strong crew, different than any other sport. So there's a lot of activities um, that officials could do to build that team chemistry, to build that crew chemistry. And if you involve the family, if you involve friends around the crew, you're going to create closer bonds, closer relationships and you're going to have more success on the field because you know each other and you trust each other. So when it comes, oh, man, I got 10 more questions on this test. Nope, my crew re- is relying on me to do these 10 questions. Oh, man, I got five more pounds to lose. Nope, I need to look good in my uniform because my crew goal is to put ourselves in a position to work a championship game. All right, so that crew accountability comes out of in that crew chemistry because now you're not just doing things, watching training videos, taking tests, registering, looking good in uniform because of me, it's because of the we, uh, because of the us. So a lot of stuff there uh, when it comes to registration, education, 
crew meetings. The next one is rule book study and casebook study. So when you register, you are either mailed or sent in a rule book and casebook. And I tell officials, I don't care how long you've been officiating f- football, always start with rule number two. So rule number two is definitions. All right. So typically what I'll do uh, 12 days leading up to my first true kickoff, I want to read one rule a day. And then if I don't truly remember or understand a rule or why is this definition the way it is, I am then going to go to the case book and they have actual case plays of an explanation for those rules. So again, it's one rule a day. So I'm just going to go randomly. I'm opening up the rule book and I'm going to go, oh, this always is a good, good fun one. Forward progress. Forward progress is the end of advancement of the ball toward the opponent's goal line. In a runner's possession of the forwardmost point of the ball, when it is fumbled out of bounds and it determines the dead ball spot. All right, so forward progress. They said the word ball there two times. How many times have I been officiating and the fans, the coaches, the players, they see the player advance? But now forward progress is all about the ball. All right, so now let's go to a case play. First and 10 for A at B12's 12-yard line. Line against the two. A1 sprints near the end line and then button hooks. He jumps and possesses a forward pass while in the air above the end zone. A1's momentum carries him back into the field of play and he lands and is down at the one-yard line. Or... While in the air in the end zone, he is contacted by B1 and he is carried out of the end zone and down by B2's yard line. A, where his own momentum took him out. It's A's ball, first and goal, B1's yard line. Right, because the forward most progress of the ball due to the momentum by the offense was the one yard line. In B, it is a touchdown. The forwardmost progress of the ball by team A, the ball was possessed in and over the end zone. It was team B that forced that football now out of the end zone. So now we have a touchdown. All right, so that forward progress rule, that reading the rule, one rule a day, and going to that mechanics manual or um, – casebook manual not only does it force you to think about the rule why is the rule the way it's written what is a play to connect it in my head in a game situation and now just going through that exercise if that play happens in a game I'm now able to explain to a coach team a offensive momentum put it at the one yard line team b's momentum forced that ball out of the end zone touchdown that's the difference between a touchdown and not so again, it's one rule a day, and you're going to read out a lot of rules. You're going to understand a lot of rules. But the rules that, why is it? 
Now let's take a deep uh, a step deeper into the, the uh, case books rule book. Rule two is the most important. Start with rule two. Cannot express that enough. NCAA or federation. When you get through the rule book, now you have mechanics. All right, so if you're R, you're going to go through kick plays, scrimmage kick plays, punt plays, free kick. You're going to go through pass plays. You're going to go through dead ball. You're going to go through penalty enforcement. You're going to go through measurements. Only concentrate on your position to begin with. The, the mechanics book study, I really focus on my position preseason. And as the season goes, when I'm watching video and I'm trying to help out my crew, now I'm going to take a look at other positions. Don't overwhelm yourself studying all positions in that mechanics uh, book study. Find yours and perfect yours. Uh, there's a lot of study guides out there uh, by position. It's a one-page front and back that helps condense that information into one sheet of paper. You know, if you reach out to myself, I could send that to you in a heartbeat. It literally, I have referee, line of scrimmage, back judge, field judge, side judge, one-page document of what to review by position, by situation um, when it comes to mechanics. We'll have a whole separate podcast when it comes to mechanics, uh, but if you ever want to understand why an official misses a call, 95% of the times it's because of mechanics. Proper movement, proper eye movement, and proper location to see a play. All right, so mechanic study is, is huge. Start with your position. Now the assigners want a piece of your time. All right, so you gave time for registration. You, you gave time for the state and the institution of NAIA. You gave time for your crew. You're giving time for you to study the rule book and mechanics book. Man, now I got to figure out when in Rome, do what the Romans do. What does my assigner want to do? All right, so that's conference and association meetings. So the NSIC, Northern Sun, we have ours on August 2nd. Great Plains Athletic Conference, NAIA, there's one in Omaha on August 7th. There's one in Sioux Falls, August 8th. Premier Sports Officials Association, our local group, we have four education meetings of going over rules, going over videos, going over mechanics, and how to handle certain plays, certain situations. Um, it's July 31st. We're going to do run plays. August 2nd, we're going to do pass plays. August 7th, we're going to do dead ball fouls. And August 9th, we're going to do special teams. All at a local high school, um, you will have to bring nothing except stuff if you're a note taker. All right? But it, it's a great opportunity to hear from the leaders of that group, the leaders of that conference, of what are the expectations, how do we handle situations. Um, I know from college, it's a lot of stuff of what happened last year. How can we improve so we're even better this year? The other thing that's going to be going, going on here, especially the second week of August till the first game, scrimmages. All right, colleges typically have two full contact scrimmages before the season starts. High school will have one either the Friday or Saturday before their first regularly scheduled game. So week zero in Nebraska is August 18th. There's a lot of scrimmages August 12th. And then a lot of teams don't play week zero, so there's a lot of scrimmages August 17th and 18th. If you have the availability, think about it. A game has two teams. 
and they play one game a week. Scrimmages, they have two to one scrimmages, but they're not playing an opponent. So there's the double amount of scrimmages compared to games. So during the scrimmage season, there has been years where I worked 16 scrimmages and only worked nine high school games because I'll scrimmage on Thursday. Oh, we get a four o'clock scrimmage, seven o'clock scrimmage. We're going to schedule a scrimmage on, on Friday, four o'clock scrimmage, seven o'clock scrimmage. Saturday, there's scrimmages. Oh, sweet. There's one at 10. There's one at one. There's one at night at six o'clock. Whoa. In one weekend, I just worked seven scrimmages of high school football. And during the week, I only work one varsity high school football game. All right. So if you have the time, if you really, really want to get properly prepared for the season, find scrimmages, contact schools, contact assigners. Uh, they are out there and they're going to need officials to work those scrimmages. If there's no better way to get ready for a football season than to take snaps when the, the snaps and game does not mean anything. You are now mentally preparing pre-snap during live ball, dead ball officiating. So scrimmages are a great way to use that work that you're putting in now and reading rules, reading mechanics, talking to crews. All right, crews, let's work this scrimmage together so we know everyone's on the same page, ball mechanics. So everybody's on the same page when we're going to communicate 11 defense, 11 offense, how we're going to communicate uh, cross-field mechanics, how we're going to communicate uh, spots to the umpire so the umpire places the ball down in a correct spot. A lot of opportunity there for scrimmages. Um, and the last but not least thing we have to do now, and when I say now, when you're listening to this podcast, get on top of it. Uniform and conditioning. Take out your uniform from last year. Number one, make sure it fits. And if it doesn't fit and you don't want to buy a new uniform, start walking, start running, start doing some cardiovascular stuff to get the, the, those LBs down so you don't have to buy a new pair of pants, new belt, new shirt. All right? Take out that uniform from last year. Number one, make sure it fits. Number two, make sure it's not faded. You don't want to be working with a crew and four officials on that crew have bought new pants and new hats, brand new, and you're the one that doesn't have a new hat, new pants, because they're five years old and they are sun-faded. In a crew picture, when you're talking to the coach in, in pregame, guess which official is going to stand out? The four that have four new hats and clean pants or the one that has sun-faded hat sun faded pants which official shows preparation and they took this upcoming season serious all right so uniform make sure it fits make sure it's clean make sure it matches your crewmates that you're going to work with during the season um, the best place that that we use it's the best price for the best quality and it's purchaseofficials.com if you wait till the week before the season, there's a very good chance what you need is going to be sold out. Don't wait to buy a new hat. Don't wait to buy new pants. Don't wait to buy new shoes. Because if everybody does it, the equipment's going to be all sold out. All right, so when you are listening to this podcast, boom. Thank you, Time Out with PSOA. 
I got to make sure my uniform works. I need to make sure my uniform's clean. And it's not, now I'm going to go to purchaseofficials.com and purchase what I need to purchase to look clean, professional, and match my crew. A lot of information. And officials, I hope you use this information to give you, again, a map to what you should be doing to get ready for the season. Coaches, players, fans who come across this podcast, thank you for taking time out. And hopefully this gives some guidance. Uh, Football officials are not just going to show up August 18th, August 19th, August 25th. And all right, we did nothing. Here we go. We're going to officiate some football. Our work has started early July with registration, with our education, watching training videos, which with taking tests, reading the rule book, reading the case book, reading our mechanics. Each group, each athletic conference has association and conference meetings to make sure everybody's on the same page. Officials do work scrimmages. So when you're out there, again, it's officials putting in the work just like coaches and players. All right, so... Um, a lot of it goes, goes into sports officiating. We're not going to always agree with our calls, our mechanics, but know with proper preparation and taking time in the preseason to prevent poor performance, we are going to have more positive interactions with coaches, players, and fans than negative. Um, if this is the first podcast you're listening to, um, thank you for taking time out with PSOA. You're going to find so much more information on our YouTube channel, Time Out with PSOA. We have previous information on the field, off the field for baseball, wrestling, and and softball. We're going to continue concentrating on football the next five to six weeks before we transition to basketball. If you have any interest in being a guest and being a sponsor with Time Out with PSOA, um, for Time Out with PSOA, feel free to reach out to me at www.premiersportsofficials.com. And until the next time, thank you for taking time out with PSOA. Sports officials, remember, you're only as good as your last call. A Heard at Sports Network production.